This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. In this episode of Trekking Through Compliance, we take up episode five, The Enemy Within. Compliance, the final frontier. Tom Fox is the voyager of Trekking Through Compliance. His mission, to explore the original series and seek out and share what it can teach you about compliance. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Episode 5, The Enemy Within. Air date, 10-6-1966. Directed by Leo Penn and written by Richard Matheson, one of the great science fiction writers of all time. While gathering specimens on planet Alpha 177, whose night temperature reaches 120 degrees below zero, geological technician Fisher falls off a cliff and injures his hand. He also becomes covered in a magnetic yellow ore. He is beamed aboard the Enterprise, where the transporter behaves strangely. However, it appears to work correctly when Kirk beams beams aboard shortly thereafter. Unfortunately, the ore has caused the transporter to malfunction, and Kirk is split into two alter egos. The evil one, hostility, lust, violence, of which arrives unnoticed a few minutes after the good Kirk, compassion, love, and tenderness, after the crew has left the transporter room. The evil Kirk makes its way to sickbay, where he demands brandy from McCoy. Meanwhile, the transporter mishap results in a production of an evil horned poodle out of a shy, quiet animal specimen beamed up from the planet's surface. Scotty realizes the consequences and is forced to strand the remaining four-man party, landing party, including Sulu, on the planet. In the meantime, the evil Kirk enters Yeoman Janice Rand's quarters and lies in wait for her. She scratches him when he attacks her and manages to warn Fisher to call Spock. Unfortunately, the evil Kirk incapacitates Fisher before he can get the word out. Simultaneously, the good Kirk shows begins showing signs of losing both his decisiveness and his ability to command. Showing great ingenuity, the evil Kirk applies powder to his face to hide Rand's scratch, tricks transporter technician into giving him a phaser, then knocks Wilson out. The evil Kirk then hides in the lower decks, but Kirk and Spock anticipate this move and hunt him down. Spock identifies the evil Kirk and gives him his a nerve pinch, but it is not all that obvious what to do with him when he awakens. The eminent Scotty finds the transporter ionizer is destroyed and will take a week to repair. However, this seems too long to wait as the evil Kirk is exhibiting decreased constitution and appears to be in danger of dying. Spock and Scotty rig the transporter to run off the impulse engines and successfully recombine the dog creature. Unfortunately, the strain of the recombination proves fatal to the pooch when the good Kirk tries To bring the evil Kirk to the transporter room, he is overpowered, and the evil Kirk goes to the bridge and orders the Enterprise to leave orbit. 
But the good Kirk follows him there, and eventually Kirk is returned to normal when the transporter is modified and he is fused back from two parts into one, bringing himself back together, literally. The landing party is also beamed back from while suffering from frostbite, but nothing worse. This episode is uh, typically seen as um, a story of uh, retelling of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. The enemy within um, is the duality of man, and indeed the episode's writer, the great science fiction writer Richard Matheson, said it was inspired by Stevenson's work, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. The, um, but this is a really troubling episode, and the troubling part is around the Me Too interpretation that you will get re-watching this episode. Uh, Yeoman Rand is attacked by the captain, and then she's interrogated by Bones and Spock uh, in a way that was certainly appropriate for the 60s, but it really shows how far we have come with Me Too and that you really need to be able to thoughtfully and with dignity talk to people who have uh, sexual harassment or sexual discrimination claims against them. So I would urge you to uh, watch, re-watch this episode, perhaps re-listen to the podcast with an eye towards um, that issue. The episode has uh, a full written score, which is only one of a very small group of episodes. And it is the first uh, instance of the Vulcan neck or nerve pinch. And uh, Leonard Nimoy... Uh, came up with that, and it has certainly uh, become one of the most ubiquitous tools in all of Star Trek. The episode itself is generally recognized as one of the top 15 episodes of the original series. Several organizations have uh, put it in their top 10 for the um, original series. So rewatch this episode, uh, take a look at it with the lens of 2022, and I think you'll see a lot of different things than perhaps you saw in the original viewing. So what are some of the compliance lessons to be learned from this episode? Lesson number one is a lesson that we looked at in the prior episode because it really goes to the leadership style and the leadership ability of Captain James T. Kirk. When he is split between the good and evil, his good side becomes... Uh, unsure of himself and cannot uh, make decisions and is worried about losing his ability to uh, lead the enterprise uh, through not only inaction but indecision. And it really points up the need for a compliance leader to make decisions and to be decisive when those decisions are made. Uh, the second uh, point, and I found this actually very troubling in uh, much different light than any of my other viewings of this episode. And that was the attack on Yeoman Janice Rand. She does report this attack, um, and she is obviously traumatized by this. And she kept saying, but he's the captain. Uh, I really couldn't say no to him, although she did say no in a very forceful way. She feels incredibly guilty about this, and it really drove home to me how much the Me Too movement has changed appropriately, how women are treated uh, after they've been assaulted. 
and that hopefully your company will not only support women, but give them the means, method, and opportunity to bring forward these uh, allegations, if, if appropriate, and also support them going forward. And that goes to number three, training, that no one is above the law. Even the captain of a ship cannot engage in sexual assault nor in other illegal conduct. If that person does so, uh, staff, whether it be the XO, uh, number two in command, vice president of an organization, whatever it is, has to take control and has to be able to step in and uh, take charge of the situation if uh, the captain is clearly uh, uh, exhibiting and has exhibited illegal, unethical, or behavior that's going to damage the organization going forward. But I have to say the entire scene with the attack on uh, Yeoman Rand, her reaction it was uh, just gut-wrenching to watch. And I hope that uh, people who are not compliance practitioners listening to this uh, podcast will consider that uh, issue uh, as much more personal now after the Me Too movement. Because Me Too is not simply about a woman having the ability to raise her hand or speak up, but it's about you and me uh, stopping that kind of behavior uh, if we see something, we should say something and we should do something. So lots of lessons, perhaps unintended, from uh, this episode, which aired in 1966. Nevertheless, I think uh, it's an important lesson going forward. Join me again tomorrow where we take up Harry Mudd in the first of two episodes starring Harry Mudd in Mudd's Women. If you enjoyed this episode of Trekking Through Compliance, you can help it grow by sharing it with the biggest Trek fan you know. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.